0: When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I mean, out and one. Best Living. town in the
1: world. Best Three. town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani.
2: North. Elding 3 They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson.
3: 1-1. brilliant. 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 Here comes quickly
0: This day. it's episode 26 of the bitter red supporters plus the podcast thanks a million for uh, joining us and um, a special thanks to everyone who listened to the episode last week um we had um we had great listenership figures last week uh, so a uh, great um, many thanks to everybody who listens everything it's uh, it's great to know you're there so episode 26 we're sponsored by uh, the White Hag Brewing Company out of Ballymote and we're very grateful for their support uh, and we'll be giving away three cases of uh, beer across this podcast to three lucky winners and um, thanks to everyone who retweeted uh, the two promotional tweets that we uh, had put together uh, in an effort to uh, win the, the case of the beer and uh, two of those cases this week are sponsored by uh, Barry Creed who's also on board as a sponsor. That's Barry Creed, Solicitor, Sligo and Dublin. So um, huge news this week. um with the master plan, um, we've got Shamrock Rovers um, away on Monday. Before that, we play Longford. Uh, we'll have a quick chat about um, the way things finished up with Waterford, I guess, over the duration of of last week. Um, but it's usual crew. It's uh, Magoo. How are things?
4: Good, Connor, and yourself.
0: I'm very good. Um, we're under pressure for time here. And Magoo's got to kind of get down to the showgrounds and take care of a bit of business. So, um, uh, Jerry, how are you?
4: Yeah, good, Connor.
5: Thanks.
0: And uh is with us as well. How are things, Donner?
5: All good, Connor. All good.
0: Um, okay, so we'll have a quick chat about the master plan that came out today. Uh, Jerry, you're probably closest to this. Um, got got, got great, great coverage across national media, didn't it?
6: Yeah, it was uh, picked up really well by the the, the likes of RTE and um, you know uh, all the the major papers and and sites were on it. So um, yeah, I think everybody's glad to see a bit of good news coming from Irish football for a change.
0: Yeah, and it's been received pretty well across... Um, we were saying before we hit record, um, I was looking for a couple of begrudgers across Twitter and things like that, but for the most part, and even um, Liam or Shamrock Rovers fan, who we speak to later on, is pretty uh, impressed by by the plans. It's, but it's been received across the board fairly well, isn't
6: it? Yeah, um, got a lot of messages from fans from other clubs, and all of them really, really positive. Um, I'm all glad to see that... Uh, you know that's that we're, we're, we're I suppose look it's we're being proactive rather than being reactive and uh, I know the, the interview with Dinky kind of um he said that we're we're a very good club in in that regard and I think um what this does look you make your own look in football and I think the way that the club is progressing. That the you know you need a certain amount of luck, but I think by putting plans and and master plans and and coming through and things like that lessens the reliance on luck and makes us more of a formidable club, um, going forward. So I think as Tommy said, look, it's going to copper fasten the club for the next fifty to sixty years, if not probably a hundred, and embeds us even further into the
5: community. Um,
0: Jerry, yeah, go on, Sean. Sorry, Gary Jerry. Just a
5: touch on there with the um with Tommy and the board, you've been involved now with Rovers for a long time and uh, closer than a lot of us in, in regards to being chatting to board members and stuff. How progressive are the lads in there now? And I know you're on board with them as well, but how, how do you see them? And like, you know, what we've seen in the past where things have been kind of squandered, everything seems to be going in the right direction. Now what's, what's changed? Um, I don't think a lot of things have changed really.
6: Um, I think it's kind of, uh, I think it's really even been building from, say, maybe from the building of the the the, the from the, the Tracy Avenue stand. Like that was um, a lot of foresight and a lot of vision was put into building that stand at a time when it was actually probably economically harder to do mm-hmm. than what I think going forward. Um, so I think it's gone back a long way. Um, and I think over the years that, because the club has been run as well as it has, that people have um, a lot of trust and a lot of faith. And any club can put out a master plan. But, you know, will do people actually believe? Uh, but I think people believe in this master plan. I think people believe that this will come to fruition. And I know for 100% facts, that this will come to fruition. It's just a matter of time. It might be done in stages, it might be done in all in one go. I would imagine it would be stages. And there's a huge amount of work that's gone into it over the last probably 14 months. A lot of stuff that, you know, is going on behind the scenes. Trojan work um, and just getting all the kind of ducks in a row. Um, because at the end of the day, we're not the type of club or Rovers aren't the type of club that will push this sort of master plan out there and not see it through. And I think, with the likes of Tommy as well you know um and and the rest of the board have got a they've got a really good reputation they're not going to tarnish it by not seeing it through so yeah. it, it'll it'll definitely happen
0: well Jerry what do you think is the most important aspect or what what's the the priority out of um there's obviously the redevelopment of the showgrounds there's the academy development that it looks like will probably happen on a greenfield site somewhere and I suppose there's the community aspect of it what's the you know, from the development of the kind of west side of the town, Mahraboy area, what do you think is the priority out of those? Or maybe you've got some other idea that's that's important uh, within the master plan, but what do you think is the most important area of it?
6: Well, I think the three areas that you touched on, um, the academy, the stadium and the community aspect. For me personally, the community aspect will be the, the most important. Um, that's, you know, look, the west side of town is, is growing um, probably, it's probably the, the biggest growth in terms of the County Siwa at the moment, Um, and it's, you know, it's got a huge population, which which is pretty much under resourced in terms of facilities when you consider the size of it. And also that it's, in my opinion, that it's kind of annexed from from the main parts of the town with like a a six lane highway that separates us. So you've got a lot of a lot of young families. You've got a lot of elderly people that need um, services within in the area and perhaps you know, with this development, you, you could have maybe like a doctor surgery, uh, a dentist, um, uh, a pharmacy, all those sort of things that we need within our community. And I think that would be a huge benefit for, for the local area. And then it gives it a focal point and like, kind of like a village type feel. And um, then just with the academy, I know the academy is actually coming on. There's a lot of talks going on about that, uh, about sites and things like that. And um, that's looking really, really positive at the moment, and again, that just brings the wider community uh, from Sligo, Leitrim, Mayo, South Donegal—you know, people that when they're bringing their kids to the academy and things like that, there's actually a proper home and 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 system in place. So,
0: yeah,
3: and obviously
6: the stadium itself speaks for itself, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, um, Magoo, what what your Possibly in the showruns more than than any of us. What uh, is the most exciting part of the master plan, as far as you're concerned?
4: Um. Well, like I know, Jerry's big in the community so For me, it, it has to be the academy as well. I would, because a club like ours who doesn't have the, the 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 owner with all with all the money, the the yanks or the Arabs or whoever you want to call it coming in. So I, I think the the academy is fundamental for the club to survive. I think going forward, because that's what we all want—is they're your assets, yeah. Produce Some good players and sell them on. That's, that's that's how we're going to make money going forward. And stay like once we do this, once the club get this, I mean, we have to be at the top end of the Premier League every year. That's that's what it has this, this ambition has to be the same on the pitch going forward as this is shown to be off the pitch. And that's forevermore. You can't you can't have all this and a big academy up somewhere else and be languishing running the first division. So yeah. it has to be. So we have to find a way to be sustainable moving forward every year. And that's the only assets we have is the, the grounds, which is never going to be sold. And young is coming through the academy. So yeah. that for me is the most important. bit.
0: The master plan is available from the Sligo Rovers website. You can download all 50 odd pages of it. And um, it will give you all the details and all breakdown of the projected figures and some great uh, visuals and graphics and projections of what the stadium is going to look like on all that so um if you're interested have a look at it. it is it's great reading and there's great um coverage in the champion today uh jessica farry does uh between six and eight i can't remember exactly um back-to-back pages on on the master plan so if you haven't got the champion uh, get that Magoo's under uh, pressure to get out of here so we need to push things on um so we uh, we need to give away the three crates of white hag that we said we would and um so we have 69 uh, retweets of the promotional tweets for uh, last week's episode. So I'm going to ask for a number of each of you and then I'm going to work my way uh, through the retweets and um, I'm going put them into a spreadsheet here. So I'm going to work my way through the retweets and announce the winners after our chat with Brian Dorian. But give me, Sean, give me a number between one and 69. You're, you're muted. <laughs> you, can't Sorry, change,
4: you, can't,
0: you can't change your mind now. Give us the same number you said. Number three. Number three. Magoo, give us a number.
4: Um, I better go to the other end of the, the list. Saw one of
0: 64, and Jerry. Final number, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. Um, okay. So I'll do the, a little bit of digging to see who the winners are, and um, we'll speak. We'll hear from um, Brian Dicky Dorian, uh, coach uh, with the club for uh, many years now. And he's moved on from the showground. He's got a job recently uh, with the FEI in Donegal. Um, around development of players in Donegal, uh, he was a huge figure in the club, um, lads. Isn't he? he? He was really one of the kind of the driving forces behind the academy over the last number of years. But you would have uh, you would have had a good few interactions with him on a day-to-day basis. Great character.
4: Yeah, I think he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's, he's gonna be missed around the place. Not only for his the work he done on the field with all the young lads like that's for everyone to see in our first team squad at the minute all and the work that all the coaches down there at the minute are doing. Um, but just himself, like he's just a gentleman to have around the place. Everybody loves him around, around the, the showgrounds and um, he'd be a big miss, to be honest, massive right. miss. Yeah.
0: Okay. On that note here is uh, Brian Dinky-Dorian. All right, Brian uh, Dinky-Dorian joins us only only out the door of the club. And we thought, um, do, you know, I, I think we'll, we always wanted to get you on the podcast because one of the very first nights that we got together, um, <laughs> we met you and a few other players that we had a cab, well, we listened to a couple of stories for about probably the guts of an hour. <laughs> and we said, geez, we have to get him on. And we go <laughs> where somebody says, you can't tell those stories on the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, you're, here, here you are with us. Um, and um, the, your second stint in the showgrounds, I suppose, has come to a conclusion. Um, so, I suppose if people aren't familiar with everyone in the club is knows who you are, obviously, and people so closely associated with the club will know who you are. Um, but what give us a bit of background about what you did at the club during your time there? You were there in two thousand and eight, and you left, and you came back. So, what were your your primary roles in around the club?
2: Well, around two thousand eight, um, the club advertised looking for an under set. It was an under, I think, it was under seven. It was an under seventeen manager. Sorry, an under nineteen manager at the time. Uh, under 17, under 20 was the standard league, and then uh, I happened to apply for it. Obviously, Seamus Coleman was there, and I would have worked with Seamus, known pretty well here in the town. And he took up my CV. To Mary Maguire was then secretary, Paul Hines and uh, Michael Tullin was uh, was the chairman. Keith Keith O'Dwyer was there, and interviewed for the job. My wife was actually pre- so I was pregnant at the time, and, uh, with the first the wee girl Zara, and none of we were more. But and went down and met them in the the then Clarion and did the interview along with Paul Cook and that was my first introduction to Slag Rovers. I'd been watching Catherers up to that for many years and working with under county teams down here at schoolboy level and opportunity arose and I just uh, uh, fired on the CV and then end up working with uh, the under, it was then the under, it was the championship, but it was like a busy a reserve league which was a brilliantly run league but I got the job, say, on, a, on a, say, a Wednesday, and the deadline for players to be signed was the Friday. <laughs> and by Jesus, in fairness to Keith O'Dwyer, he must have uh, hoovered up. He hoovered up about 14 players first. Great fellas. Some of them went on to play for the senior team. Some of them didn't. Some of them probably playing junior football. Some of them aren't playing football now at all. Great lads. But to be fair to Keith, he said to me he would get me a panel of players. At that stage, you could use four overage players as such. You could use yeah. four on the first team. So we had days that they had Gary Korn playing with us. We had uh, Jimmy McKenzie, if you remember big J from, from Scotland, uh, who else? Karen yeah, Kelly yeah. trackey played in goals in all game for us. We had one keeper signed who was Ian, Ian uh, uh and Ian was in goals, and then we had who else? We C- C- Christopher Kelly came in, you know, and these Just boys got out really? there. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of boys in around the first team, Oshin Manion made his debut a few years previous to him, came in. Ross McGaughlin was the up and coming player at the time and really, really good footballer. And, with a mix of players, you know, we, we got we got bit in a good few games. So
0: Obviously, was your was your role uh, youth development or to to like in this early stage, was your was the role generally about the development of younger players uh, to get them into the first team squad? Was that the well youth? that
2: that was that was basically you know, that was basically it. But the, then going from that then the word came out that the league was gonna launch it under uh an under 20 league at the time, so that meant we'd get younger players in. So, Steve Feeney was helped me, that was back then. with a relatively good side, you know, at under 20 level, you know, a couple of a couple of boys there, you'd like, like Connor Griffin, Theo actually, Theo was signed, Theo was the top scorer in one of the seasons. There's one for now, um, uh, mm-hmm. paid up front to we in, in that under 20 team off I me. Mean, Ross McLaughlin, Aaron Mourn, uh, who's the goalkeeper at the time, it off the top of my head. We had uh, not Kizzy, Kizzy Kelly. We had a good few and a good mix of players. We were a couple of players from Donegal and obviously we had a couple of my old boys. in and I was kind of have that that stage when when I got offered the job, Paul, but to say would you come in tomorrow morning to meet the squad? You know the senior squad. That was to me like Jesus Christ. I don't know where what, what am I going to expect here? Then like, drove up the next day all excited and the buzz was there and then and I couldn't even pronounce my name. Couldn't pronounce it. Fuck it, that Fuck it! <laughs> I kept saying that. He says, "Bry, I'll call you, Bry. Bry, will do." I said, "No problem." Obviously, you got, got to know the nickname then, and that was it. But you know, and that was the first, the first, my first thing of the of the, of Sligo was he called all the players and he couldn't introduce me name. He didn't know me second name. He couldn't pronounce it, obviously. And then Jerry Carr was there and grateful at Jerry, and he set it out. And then the first man to come to him was a player called Alan Alan Moore. Oh yeah, he's all the, yeah. in- yeah. the one playing the Premier League, played in yeah. Middlesbrough, played with. Ordinarily, playing played for Ireland. I don't watch him. This boy came up and he shook me hand. He said, anything you need, uh, don't be afraid to ask me, you're welcome to the club. And I was there and kind of a wee bit in awe of this player who had watched for Ireland. now I playing for Sligo, the ultimate professional regard to how he looked after himself. And I was just, oh my God, this is, I've hit the jackpot here. Like, I'm in the big time for Sligo. Obviously, went on then that year. And the first year we qualified for Europe. And I'll, I'll not forget the scenes after that game. Um, we played Bray in the last game of the season. And we won it. And I say, I'd say, I will say, say, say half say, I'm going to text the pitch. <laughs> along with maybe a thousand other books going absolutely mental. And that was my first indication of what this club meant to the, to you guys, yeah. To, yeah. The, to the locals. I've often inherited because there would be a kind of relationship from my own family with Sligo, from my grandfather back in the, the 30s and 40s. We would have been big friends with Tommy Oates and uh, yeah. the Dyches. And obviously, Shan Fallon would have been a, a constant... He would have called to my grandfather's house, and we'd come home from Glasgow, you know, and the two of them would have played played together for. My grandfather went to Sligo and played in the summer cups for Sligo Town, Sligo Town, no, Sligo Celtic, Sligo something. Back in the day, what was it? Back in the day, Sligo Town or Sligo Celtic or something was it? Sligo Celtic. Celtic. Celtic was it?
3: Mm, Thanks. So. Uh, so that you know, and that
2: uh, we often heard um, you around town and people, and then obviously Decky Boyle played with Sligo. Yeah. Was uh, you know in the main me and Hammer in the one street down in the hound there and it's funny how things turn around. I walk out the door and he walks in.
3: Yeah, you know, and
2: it's great. He, he played in the club that time and 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 won that won that obviously the treble with first division and the league cup and the, the cup. You know, so it's great.
0: Um yeah. and progressed then himself obviously. Yeah. Um. So um. You know, in your in your uh, younger years in your heyday, let's say, was it was St. Catherine's the the primary football in focus for you? Um in the bags
5: ah yeah well,
2: uh, listen my family the Dorian family would be you know, more than other families are kind of a, a, a big mainstay of the club and have been for a long time my grandfather as I said would have been very very highly involved along with other men locally in the town and that's just was, it was one of the things uh, you grew up you played with them you end up playing with them then stage about 24 25 I wasn't going to do anything else so I had always I always liked coaching and I liked managing people I always thought that was a strong part of my personality was <laughs> I could could work with people, and that's what me thinking other people would say, "I'm an awful, you know what?" But um, you know, and that was what it. Was it? I worked with other young younger teams, and I came through the whole whole scenario. Worked from I started off at under 11s, and a lot of players under 11s end up won the league. And that time, 2015, the double. Like they'd go the whole, they went the whole thing around. They were with 30. It was 20 years at it, and you know, it was brilliant the whole way up. to 11s, 12s, 13s, 14s, and just had that eye, and I just loved it and loved I uh, worked. Worked with them, but I worked with uh, the Donegal County Schoolboys teams as well, and Oscar Dunningall Oscar trainer, obviously. I, I, we played against Sligo him a lot, and things I like got there, and I just did my badges and, and and all that there, and educated myself, you know, and uh, and i got got just got lucky. Got into Sligo, and then got lucky a second time. I was, I was, I was always wanting to be back involved, and once I got yeah. a taste for Sligo, it was hard not to go back. Once once Tracky rang me, you know, because him and Gavin Dykes were running the show. And, you Know and the, as I say, the last five years have flown on and been brilliant for me. Uh, for personally, you know, something I've loved every minute of it. The crack's been absolutely brilliant. Banter with with two, there and jibs <laughs> all the time about everything, and you know, and all this. But again, that's where it all started. And, and I were, obviously, it was a slide with everything a couple of years, but brilliant yeah. times.
0: So, um, the um, obviously, the the academy are churning out uh, players of a particularly high standard at the moment um and i think it's fair to say that a lot of people have you know given you credit over the last number of weeks since you've left um the quality of the coaching that you deliver but um i know you won't, you won't want to praise your, yourself you're shaking your head here but um, um do you think that the, the the quality of player that's coming out of the academy at the moment is down to um, the level and the quality of coaching that's been delivered at the club are have they just hit a, a lucky kind of seam as well? Has there just been a, a good quality of player that's, that's uh, come about locally in recent in recent years?
2: Well, the way I... To answer the first part of your question, I'm just a part of a, a big wheel. That's the way I look at it. And there's different cogs in that wheel. And they all come together and, and obviously the main centre of it always is the player. But I, I, like, I've always just like, the, the junior clubs, the schoolboy clubs, from maybe Leitrim, was Common, Mayo, South Donegal, Sligo, wherever they come, they have to take massive credit. But they, they start their young lads off in their in their football career as such. You know, they give them that that empathy. and and Sligo was a given. Like I know players, young lads, in that first fourteen now. I would reckon if Man United or Celtic came in from the more they, they, they would. I would think they would be caught in two minds of moving because the Sligo was their where they wanted to be, and it's that's a great thing for any club to have that you have young boys coming through that only don't see anything past like the Rovers, you know. You look at their and then coming in. Obviously, when I was there, the 19s, and then you had the 17s. You had Danny and you had Jinxie and you had uh, Neil Harris was there. Then you had the other boys coming in below that at 15, as well, and 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 Connor and and and, uh, and 20 and then boys. And then you go back now to Alan at, four, at 14s and you know the whole spectrum has to take a has taken massive credit. It's not just a person or two people. It's They come to the club, they come into different areas, they learn the game, they learn how to play, they learn the professionalism. What I always say when they come to the 19, it's about manning them up, making them mentally tougher because there's a lot of rejection from 19s to first team. What you might think and I might think is two good players, Liam Buckley or maybe Jared Little at the time, maybe Dave Roberts at the time, might not think they're worth it. You know, and it, you know, I, I always said this, like, and I just had this conversation today, Seamus Coleman never played, for example, never played in any county team. Never played in any representative teams. His first representative team was the Irish schools team when they went to Sligo.
3: Yeah,
2: He was nearly released to Sligo. But the, the one thing that he got, and I say a lot of them have to have, yes, they have to have attitude, but you have to have an awful, awful lot of luck. The things that fall for you. And obviously now, as to answer your question is, a lot of people have to take credit, not just Sligo Rovers. The schoolboy clubs, the junior clubs, the parents. Like you think of it, you could have a parent traveling from Mayo twice, three times a week at their own cost.
0: Oh, yeah. Serious.
2: You know, it's a serious commitment. And, you know, that's what the club means to everybody. And that's the big thing for me is that's a big pull. The club is a community club. It's run the huge head- gang of headers. It's, it's you know, but it, the passion shows through. You know, we've been there in the bad days. I've been inside the pitches when fans are calling me this, that, and everything. Then you meet them down the street the next day and you think, hey, what's the crack? How are you getting on?" Just, and you're yeah. think, I'm thinking so. 24 hours ago, you were calling me uh, an F and this or an F and that.
0: Yeah, I was drunk at the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, that's your question. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's great. It's the club, as I said before we came on. Club's in a great place at the moment. It's going well, but again. The club, for me, there's two ways I look at things. You can be either proactive or reactive. You either can react to something that goes wrong, or you can be proactive and not let it go wrong. For me, the club's proactive at the moment. Everything's going well. The point in the corner really, like a club legend, club captain, you know, that night we qualified from Europe. It sticks in my mind. He sings that song, We Were Born in the Showgrounds. I still have that in my mind. I'm stone mad, like, and, you know, what it meant to people that got there to grow up and play for the club. Loads of players they got there, as you know, came through to over the years. You know, that's what it's about, lads, for me. It's the end days to play for Sligo. And, and we've been lucky. We've been very lucky. And hopefully it lasts longer.
5: Inky, is there any players that you've seen coming up through that didn't make it? And as you say, there's a lot of luck involved. But are you really, really surprised that they didn't make the transition into the first team and create a career for themselves in the League of Ireland?
2: Yeah, there's always players. For me, no matter at any level you see it, as I said, I was kind of up fiddling about, and I and up and I give a hand out to the local size and under fourteens. And you see young lads there now that my God, he's, you can see them forcing them, maybe playing at a higher level. So to answer your question, Sligo, definitely been players there. I thought like there used to be a wee centre forward called Mikey Crean. Oh yeah, <laughs> deadly <laughs> yeah, yeah. wee player, boys. Um, just unfortunate, unlucky at the time. Whatever it might happen. Another player like you know, Christopher Kelly, technically so gifted. Stevie, one of the most gifted players you'll ever get wrecked with injuries. No, I'll just throw a couple of names And it. boys won't thank me for that. But, you know, the boys I got there, yeah, I Ross, I Ross, Ross McLaughlin was a fantastic player. And yeah. The pedigree he had, oh, like, man. didn't happen, didn't work out. Later years there now, we have boys came and played with us, and then moved on to UCD. Uh, next to the Paul Doyle, the Jacks, Liam Kerrigan's ripping it up. Liam is ripping up the first division again this year. good, you know, they're, 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 obviously they've made it to a certain degree. They're doing their education and that there, but there's always players you think, Jesus, yeah. If you give him an opportunity, one player that comes to mind. Now has gone from the club. Was there for, for, for maybe four or five years. Was in and training on the first team, uh, local lad. And last year under 19, between the pandemic, and he was just wrecked with injuries. And I did think there was something in the young lad. And it's just you have a time frame, and if you don't show it. First division, like when you go to 19s, and the whole of the 19s is developmental football, you have loads of time. But on the first team, it's ruthless. If you don't make it, if you don't show to be making it in the first couple of games of training, the, the manager can write you off if, it's, if, it, if he doesn't think he sees it. And again, it's down to opinions big ones, opinions, what you think and what the lads think. And I think might be six different things, do you know? Um, but there's definitely players that come through the youth that didn't make it, and you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe. You know, but it didn't happen at the time. And it's yeah. sad. Listen, mm-hmm. that's life. It's a game we're in. It's, it's a job we're in. You have to break players' hearts as well. We let them out. And the hardest one I am is the the boy who supports the club. See, the so, boy supports the club. Yeah, that's the a hardest killer. thing in the world. So, so,
0: how do you how do you instil that um um that sense of um I can't remember the word that you use, but for the under 19s that uh, sense of resilience and how do you how, as a coach to um. You know, seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds. Where it's a fine line between you know cutting a fella down, and how do you how do you go about that?
2: Years ago, when I started out coaching, I was like one of them headbangers in the line, going absolutely nuts and roaring at referees <laughs> and calling players like Magoo there, and he was wearing shin guards up to his up to his up to his up to his neck at the stage <laughs> and kicking lumps. I, you know, over the course of time, you learn, and I have to say this, you know, when you when I worked with Paul Cook, it was the biggest. Paul Cook would be going mad, right? And I always tell a story. Like we came in one time, I think it was against Pats. So and we were one and three you now. Like Big like not knotted one in, and the boys were buzzing at half time. And Cookie just lets fly. You know, and the, and the stance, I know that accent, and that cuts through you like a knife, boys. What the f- do you think you think you've made it? You think you've made it? And I'm roaring at them, you're this and you're that. But what he was doing, he wasn't actually giving out them. He was getting them up for the second half that they didn't drop their standards. Like if I go from that likes a lot to like say Liam Buckley now to Jared Little to Dave Robertson, obviously it's they're milder men and their mannerisms in that there. And like Liam Buckley wouldn't be that he's a, he's a mild mannered manager and you know, not saying he doesn't give out, he does give out, but not in that mannerism. Or cookie. But I would have taken. I always t- like to take things watching, and I like to take it. in. now I'm <laughs> kind of a thinker in regards of like if I lambast Connor Lynch. And call him every other son. How will he react? I could say it to Shane McGoldrick, and he could, he could take it in the chin and work hard. You do get players. That got, you get players that are going to a shell. I've got players that I like. We were going on last year, other years, and you might give out to them, and you get a phone call on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday and from their parents saying, "Listen, we Johnny's leaving the club. He's not happy. He's not enjoying it." Yeah. So that for me tells me a lot about the player in regards of one their attitude, two their will to be successful, three their will to work. And four, criticism is good as long as it's constructive if you tell them, but tell them in the right manner. Now, listen, lads, and, the, and some of the boys will tell you, there's been the games after 19s now taking slips off players just to get a reaction, just to let them know what it is to play for this club. But keep telling them, it's not about the name in the back, it's about the badge in the front. Never mind whose name's in the back. All people worry about is that badge. And that's the big one I always tell young lads, that you have to appreciate, you have to be proud, you have to have to, have, to have a sense of work ethic. And that's the one thing I learned about Sligo Rovers fans all they all they want and all they ask is that work that drive and that passion you know everything else will fall into place and that's what I try and instill and in some of the players may my may my ways be right may they be wrong may young boys make to hate me I don't really care to be honest with you I'm always not, I'm not in the business for I'm, we're in the business of trying and get players through and that's you know when like if you speak to John Mahan there's nobody hounded John Mahan more needed to help him you know and like he's kicked on, Jack Keeney, all that boys, Big head, Big Egghead himself,
0: <laughs> boys, you know. So what is your, um, what is your greatest memory in the showgrounds? And you can contrast that with what was the your most difficult time um, in the showgrounds? And when it be it, bro- be it can be across the underage football or the senior team or whatever it might be.
2: When I was told I wasn't coming back in 2011 or 10, whatever it was, I was devastated it in regards of I felt it was just let go, like they got, in regards of, you know, they said, listen, we haven't got, you can't afford to give you this, you can't afford yet. I'm not, well, maybe i would never had money. Obviously, I'm not a money-oriented person. I get me kicks out of seeing young lads and, and footballers and teams doing well. That's what I always did. Obviously, money helps. We all know that. We all have to work for a living. That time it was kind of sore, and I felt a wee bit sore about it. But you know, over a course of time, what I did right away was a. Uh, I got involved in the All-Oscar trainer team, then I went back to St. Catharines two years after that there, obviously, and, and then we got back in. That was one of the sad times. I remember we played Dundalk two years ago, and it kind of caught me uh, two years ago in the semi-finals. you remember we beat 1-0? Yeah,
0: the children's. And
2: we should have had a penalty. I felt Ronan Coughlin dived, as we know he does. Um Eventually. I actually thought it was a stonewall penalty, they didn't give it. And the two boys at the end of the pitch, remember that uh, assistant referees, yeah, wankers, <laughs> Fucking didn't give it after the game. I had to get McGinty home. What was one, Ed didn't talk on the way home in the car, boys. And he's 19 or 20 years old, whatever it was. John Mahan's crying in the middle of the pitch, big, strong lump of a man who, as usual, you know, lad, would run through a wall for you for rovers. He's just you know, another one just loves, he hates training, loves football matches. He hates training, like, he did that. And he was crying and he's just thinking, we nearly had it, we nearly were there. Look at them fans and these guys were always there and everybody's down and the referee's getting pelters and rightly so. And I'm thinking to John Mahan and that caught me. You know, that caught me there and I thought to myself, Jesus, Mary and Joseph and Ed went home in the car, didn't speak, didn't talk, just couldn't. He was so They were so up for the game and they didn't get there. But as I said to them after, there will be days of that. There will be days that you'll not get through, but there will be a, a lot of... Po- we all know there's a lot more bad days than good. you know. But John Mahan and Ed caught me that day, and I have to admit, I am a big soft at times. I do give out, and I'm a contrarian buck, and I like to give out and all that there. Uh, for me, the best times at Slager Rovers, and I've been more nervous than parents. See, when that young player makes his debut for Slager Rovers, boys, I'm shaking myself on the bench. I am absolutely shaking my gods. I remember Edmund his debut and I'm there thinking, Jesus Christ, if he drops one, if he kicks one, if he hits one on now what am I gonna do? I've taken this fellow in Scotland, and I'm there to get goes, Oh my fuck. Every ball comes in and once they get over the 80 minutes and they get through it, like John Mahan, making that tackle, bang, that's his first tackle. I'm oh, I can breathe, <laughs> more and don't lose the ball mate. don't go back to it. You know, whoever it may be, Scott Lynch, Darren Collins, whoever it may be, NAM boys, Johnny Kenny, Johnny, just don't get kicked, play your game. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm a, you know, them thing are the best memories for me the show seeing them young boys come through the whole youth system you see their parents obviously not now you see their parents you see Granda Granny Uncle Shane or whoever it may be Granda Jerry whoever it may be in the stand there waving at them and the pride they have in their son, sons playing there's no greater payment in the world than that boys I'm telling you now and I've said this before I've had some good players in my car's boys and I am so grateful to have them in my car or driving somewhere or being in the part of it but that is the greatest sense of enjoyment when you see a young lad pulling the shirt, especially a local lad. I think it means a lot more to everybody when he's local. Yeah. So obviously, local now is not Sligo or Sligo town anymore. It's nearly down as far as Leitrim village, up as far as Ballet Shannon, down to Castlebar, or whatever But that's that's the growth of the club, lads.
0: And,
3: Sligo community uh,
2: now is massive.
0: Do, do, you know, West Donegal and South Donegal. Do they? Do they? look to Sliger Rovers now, or young lads and young girls, hopefully in the future, do they look to Sliger Rovers as um, their stepping stone to further playing career?
2: Um, but, uh, they do, yeah, but uh, obviously now, the way it is, it's the journey down, is the big one. If you're coming from West to you're out in the sticks, boys. Let's be yeah. honest here. You are out in the sticks. You are Next stop's America to West, like, you're not going anywhere in America. You have to come on the field to go, but Obviously from south to Magal, like say Kelly Bakes to Magal town, which like you've young Connor Campbell at the 17s from in Jardis, which is where Declan Boyle lives now, actually he's about five, 10 minutes from Donegal town. You know, you have players then come from Bally Shannon. Obviously we've had Ed loves there in Bally Shannon, but you have other players that, um, that travel, you know, I think Connor said to me this year when they opened up the trails, there was nearly 20 players from Donegal looking to come down for the trails, different age groups, which is massive flats. Mm-hmm. That's a great reflection on the club and the people in the club. But uh, people are looking down and seeing the pathway you Know, listen, the pathway's been brilliant. The players are there. Can we get more through? Yes, that the club demands at least 40 or 40 percent of the players are locally based, and you know, and that's great. Not as I said, after the announcement today, and, and seeing five years' time, the club if the club get half of what they're talking about, it's going to be in an unbelievable position, boys. I really mean that,
0: yeah. And do you think that there is the players coming through from your oh, from what you know?
2: Well, no, listen, 100 percent. I'm telling you, boys. I'm sick saying it. I've said this to the uh, Martin Hair the ex-chairman I had him had him pestered, tortured. I used to say to him, Martin, I used to say, Great players come to Martin, see that there, they're coming. I said, You better be ready for them. I said, You better have football for them. Because if you don't football for them, parents are going to give out to me, and I'm going to give out to you if they've no football <laughs> for them. So you better get something sorted how you laugh. And you know, I've said it to a lot of these. I've said it to Brett Lack and the Fio now, obviously, and Joe, um, you know, it's great, it's great, uh, 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 even for yourselves listening to the way you used, how you used to talk about young local players, the pride you have for them lads. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ears, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, but like, you see, you listen to his when he's your follow white hag, it's hard, it's hard to listen to, <laughs> listen to him there, but I'm dribbling down his chins, it's, it's embarrassing like but that's the way I like the fully, you know.
5: Thank <laughs> you, just on your your brief spell as caretaker manager. Big jobs. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, though, but uh, I think that's flown under the radar an awful lot because there was still a job to do when you took that over. We still needed points to stay in the league. You got those points and you kept us up.
0: But get, just before and, you answer that question, Brian, give us a bit of background as well. Sorry, Sean, for cutting, cutting across you, but just before you, before you answer Sean's question, just give us a bit of background to the side. I'll give you the video. background.
2: We were in Motherwell that weekend. I don't know any of <laughs> you guys in Motherwell,
0: no? Yeah. Yeah, Always boys were.
2: So... Were you, the, were you the fucker, Jerry, was singing at me down the fucking, down the plane, calling me this and that and everything? Was it you, Jerry? <laughs> it I hands of white-hacking all at you. You you were that drunk, you must. But anyway, <laughs> listen, we went to Motherwell, obviously. Imagine we missing
4: that hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Motherwell trip was a, a, a dead rubber from when we left, boys. You'd all know the crack about the plane being cancelled. Six hours in a bloody dairy airport. And dairy airport's tiny. It is absolutely tiny. Like, Anyway, we went over and played the game. I'm not making excuses for players or anything out there. We got beat. Um, obviously there was going to be we're we out that we were out the following Friday down the dock. Uh, word was traveling around. Jared was called in on the Monday, I think. was Sunday or the Monday. Jared called or rang us the staff to come down Jared and, Little, and, or, Jared, little aye, Jared Little to come down that there was a decision being made. Um he was meeting with the board, and obviously the board made a decision that they had to go in a different direction. It was very sad. Like, It's sad that any man, I, I know he's mightn't agree or he's do agree or I, I don't really care if he's agree with me or not, but I feel it very sad when anybody loses a job, regardless. I don't think anyone goes into the job not to be successful. Um, and no more than Dave Robertson, who was under him and Dicky Mack and then Jared and Kevin Derry and even Ryan Casey, and now Liam and, and the boys and John. But I anyway, know the one cut cut the crux, to, he was losing his job. He called me obviously thinking, listen, the story is they're going to offer the job to Kevin for the next three games. Kevin won't take it. He says, so they will probably give you a call. So it was fine. I didn't pass me, Now I was there. I was all kind of chuffed to myself, even to be thought of. Like I, I didn't expect it to be. Now don't get me wrong, if they asked me to do it, I was going to do it. If they didn't ask me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been losing any sleep in regards of it was a great honor. But anyway, got a phone call on the Wednesday night at half ten from Brenton Lacken, the, the second of the, now he had tipped me off earlier in the day that they were to speak to Kevin Derry and if Kevin Derry turned it down they were going to come to me and I said that's fair enough if it happens it happens it doesn't, it doesn't. brings me half 10 me half sleeping watching TV and he says listen are you fit to take the game for the next fit to take the team for the next three games and I was like no problem like, I said if that's what you want I'm on 100% no problem I'll give it everything I have and he says do you want to point a few minutes will we speak to the boys I yeah, said listen I'll speak to Danny O'Leary at the time uh, Leo was there uh, obviously Kevin Derry left uh, so spoke to them there spoke to Raf, Raph was up and see Raph was giving me hands in the 19s. Um, so anyway him next morning David Rowe was there met the players went through it listened to Jared and the leave. we made a decision Dinky's taking the team next couple of games so we were out the pitch on the Thursday we were travelling to Dundalk now remember the boys Dundalk needed a, a draw to win the league Oriel Park was packed to capacity absolutely packed to capacity and as you know when you're going to win the one league there's no better place than in the stands. The crack's good. Mm-hmm. Stephen Kenny's there. The team Dun out not a shadow on what they have now. So we went down. We were we were. Paddy McLean was carrying a bad knee injury, did ligament damage in his knee. Dave Colley was struggling with a knee injury. We had I can't remember who else. Neil Moran had to play left back because Regan was injured. We had about four or five boys out injured. The starters. Ed was in goals. Made the decision to throw Ed in the goals. Ed had played one or two games before. So, Mitchell Beeney was here at the time. So, a true Ed anyway. We're going grand. I think we go 1-0 down. And does Ed save a penalty? Mm-hmm.
6: I think he does, yeah.
2: Again, I think he's... I don't know if you know noticed that. I think out of six penalties against Holman, he scored four. Or saved four. Yeah.
3: yeah. Maybe yeah, wrong yeah. on
2: that. But that was that there. Listen, we're going down. We had no time to prepare. We went out the best we could. TV cameras, they're shoved in our faces. Docker won the league. Come back in. Go to the dressing room, lads. And I have... <laughs> I have we have at least four young ball on their eyes out crying because they got hammered beat on dock. That told me everything I didn't know about the young flesh. That's how much admired. Anyway, back on off off Saturday and Sunday, play Bows on the Monday, Drew uh one each with Bows. Um, we're one on one nil. Uh, I can't remember, was it Mikey? Was it I can't remember, was it Mikey? I can't remember who scored. Anyway, they, they equalized me, through one each. Their season was over anyway. So that led us into the, the clash of the uh, Shams and Sligo Rovers. And I always knew how much passion there was between you guys and him and called <clears and throat> Shamrovers Rovers. And, you know, he could get absolutely knifed in the street. <laughs> um, we come down, uh, make a decision to play a couple of young fellas, go out. John Mahan scores a bullet header. We won the game 2 0. And over to the pub, because you fuckers are in the pub drinking pints after it. I don't know if you remember it. And Joe Keeney was there. He's Jack's, Jack's
5: uncle, son, uncle yeah. right? Yeah.
2: And I, I know Joe, I know some of the kids and, and his son was there, and he shook my hand. He says, you don't know what that meant to us. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, want to give him football like? And I'm delighted. He says, no, you don't know what that means to us, like people." we were mm.
3: beating
2: them. I'm there, like, thinking. And we got it, and it was good. I actually stayed up the night and got full. We were in the British, <laughs> and we went into town, and, and it was great crack, and people, people coming to speak to me, they didn't even know. Name of who the fuck they were, um, and obviously you boys were in Moonies that time, and so yeah. you know, that was the crux of it. Obviously Liam was coming in. We knew Liam was coming, and we knew after the Bowls game, I think the decision was. Made he was, he was,
5: was in. He was there for the Bowls game, wasn't he?
2: He was in Dundalk as well, having Dave in that stand, and listen, lads, that was some baptism of fire. You were buggered if you if we went out and played against Dundalk, they were going to take us apart. And we sat in, they moved yeah. us out, and took us apart. It was just a, but it was a great lesson for the young lads. I'll give them that. Like, and they learned so much from themselves. Like as I always say about players, if you go out and beat a team five 0 you learn nothing. But if you go out and get beat five 0 you learn plenty about yourself, and yeah. that's what, you know and that's that's a part of learning for footballers to take in. But that was them three games, and you know I have that. Me, he is as such was interim manager, and you know I don't. It's, a, it's not a thing I think about. It was a great feeling, but you're in control of everything. and that's the thing I had to get used to for for ten days. I was in control of the whole thing, and I was shitting myself at times that if you made the wrong move left or wrong wrong move right, you're you're fucked, like. Excuse my French, is, this is,
4: this, is this something you'd be interested in going forward, though, Dinky?
2: Oh yeah, hate management. I would, you know, I would love to. Um, I would love to love to go into management. I've always been a manager, and I, I think that's a big part of me, My personality is I like managing people. I like, I like, you know. Again, people might think I'm a, an absolute whatever, and that's their choice. But I, I actually, my track record of players and teams is decent, and you know, have not, not just down to me. It's just there's a lot of work and people that help you, and that there, and you crowd people and. Takes a while to get to know, but I definitely would love to become a manager. Where or where or when, I don't know. Um I definitely would love to mm-hmm. I'd love to someday walk out to the showgrounds as a manager. I don't know, I don't listen. I can always dream and that's the way I look at it, and that's the way I look at life. You have the dream. If you haven't got dreams, you know, you have nothing. And like, you know, as I've been there as I said when as I said, like we hope to find quite funny. That's up to find hard last year, first game of the season they beat just won Yeah. And I I swear to swear to God, was, there was two wee Outside, right? And they're giving it pelters. And all the young lads, Scott Lynch, Darren Collins, and all them, were going over nine mornings and saying, lads, calm down. And they're giving it, you beat me these, you're full tail, and you're like over there and pulling the boys away. Not pulling them away, just say, lads, relax. Come on, come on, get out of here. Just clap your hands, move on. And one of them turns around and say Dorian, you big lump of shite. (laughs) (laughs) Gets better. On shop on the Sunday morning in Sligo. And I would have a good mind, a good eye to see players. And I'm thinking, to myself I fucking know your man's face. <laughs> and I'm up to pay for my stuff in this shop. And looked locked him in. You knew rightly who it was. <laughs> and I just said to him, I says, the Lump of Shade wants to pay for his fucking stuff here. Is that okay with you? He <laughs> <laughs> opened just pure red. All right. And I used to meet him in the stand. there's was cool. But anyway, you know yourself. The fours boys, they're they're great people, but they're mad as. And <laughs> walks frog frogs, half I know you're probably all fours in your time, but you know, uh, like that's another one. Like, you know, the movie stories, like, obviously, you're all down and brave. And Jerry O'Connor tried to take the head of me and go <laughs> bottle and stick me. And, oh my yeah. god, like, yeah. you know, come down
0: to oh, there's some... come here. we're running out of time. Um, so, so you're on the books of the FBI now. What's, what's the position you've taken up?
2: I've taken up, uh, well, they, 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 they've they've employed 11 high-performance coaches for different areas in the country. Yeah, but what are you doing? I'm... Oh, sorry, what am I doing? <laughs> uh,
0: joke. No, no, a shit joke. Go on. Um, <laughs> that was a really bad joke. That was... That's a, that's, that's, a ten,
2: that's, a, that's a 10 white high fucking ten. there. You want 10 him, you know, that's, that's actually... Connor, that's, that, that pander's that fucking... They can great.
3: do a laugh. Poor, poor <laughs> uh,
2: Basically, what
4: that's it is... You, uh, you, you, Say up. I was going to say you've, you've mentioned White Hag that much you're definitely looking for something I am I'm going looking for it I <laughs> put his in your faces is my boys
2: <laughs> uh, but listen lads basically the, the job is uh, um, entails working with, obviously with the FAA it's a it's, it's, uh, high performance coach for Donegal and he's shown obviously Danny O'Leary is doing it down in Sligo Mayo he's, he's doing that one and there's, there's one in Galloway there's one in they're all spread out over the county well, we're, we work under the Rude Doctor uh, our, our three pillars are Coach education and development, club and coach development, and um, player identification. That's the three main areas we work under. So, obviously, to my lads, it was like looking in. It's a no-brainer to take the job. But when you when you're in a club like Sligo, it's very hard to walk away because you make friends, you make you, you, you crack up great relationships with people, and you know you always can go back there. And it was one of them ones. And you know, at the end of the day, it's a permanent role. It's it's obviously it's. It's it's it me it's kept me up the ladder as well in regards of, of football development and that there and hopefully I learn new things. But that's where I'm at. I we started there Monday. I'm on the job ten days now and it's it's been busy in regard to getting out and about and meeting people and obviously it's all through the internet because we can't meet actually with the COVID. But yeah. we're back in the pitches now next week with the with the emerging talent centres and Larry Kenny. So that's something to look forward to. But um but no, it's, it's it, it was a hard move and the, the Pats game, boys, Jesus Christ. It was a hard game because you're going to end it so excited. But you know, that after 90 minutes, it's over, like, in regards to yeah. your jobs yeah. finished. And then some of the players come up to you and wish you all the best. And all you want to do is cry because you're leaving somewhere you like to be. And, you know, I don't want to make it downplayed or anything, but, you know, it's the club means a, bit, a good bit to me. They give me my opportunity mm-hmm. at senior football. And that's something you don't forget. And I'm, uh, that's the way I was kind of brought up in regards of of life but the job's going to be busy it's going to be good hopefully uh, I'm going to be down around the showgrounds at times too and that's the plan but that's that's where it's at with the job you know
0: very good okay well listen we're really much for time with um Shamrock Rovers fans just before you go go on yep yeah.
4: so I just have one um I have a question from uh, a fan who texted in a lad from Donegal uh and Mr Edward McGinty. deckhead <laughs> deckhead <laughs> He 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 something that you broke his toilet one day and you went home for a game. It's still, it's still a he's, he's looking for a replace. <laughs> oh hey, it's that dodgy coffee you
2: giving the out in that fucking green shed? That's what it was. Jesus, Miriam shows up. It was like oh my god, I can't even speak it. I can't even speak it. Absolutely, absolutely murdered his bathroom. <laughs> I Don't find me telling these lies, and it wasn't white egg, it was white coffee. <laughs> oh my god, I mean, but lads, listen.
0: Um, thank you very much. Well listen, Dougie. Um I will
2: be down, I will be down to see us. I'll be I'll be down to see us, guys. Yeah, uh, Magu owes me about 15 pints. <laughs> at least, at least at least. <clears throat> no, really but lads, thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on. Didn't well, get a lot of stories out, but maybe
0: it's safer not getting them out tonight. But we, 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 we'll get you on again. And from, I suppose, from everybody um, associated with the club, we wish you the very best of luck. And um, we'll definitely see you in the showgrounds um, when we get back into the showgrounds. And who knows? Um, you might be employed in the showgrounds in the future. I've
3: never,
2: never seen never. Yeah. Lunchy Albert, I'm gonna be one of them fans somebody. You're useless fat butler. That's
0: gonna be me now. I told <laughs> you we <laughs> was and shite. I,
2: and <laughs> I hope, I hope, Shaw, I hope you five or four boys are or stewards down there because I'm gonna get used to <laughs> They'll That's, never
5: give me a job as a steward anyway.
0: <laughs> you. Come on, that do. Talk to you. Oh, best, Thanks, guys. Thank, thank, thank you. you. There's Dinky. That's Brian Dicky dorian there. Um, he'll be he'll be lost in the showgrounds. Uh, big boots to fill. Um, but uh he he's a great character
6: yeah he's like as Magoo said he's a he's a gentleman he's a great guy and um, and i think you can tell from his interviews he's so genuine and so passionate and um what you see is what you get with him you know um and he's going to be a huge loss to, to rovers but i think he'll be an asset to football in the northwest in general mm-hmm. so uh, he might have moved on to something else but i think football will still still be the the, the winner would think yeah.
0: he in the game yeah um, yeah and he'd be he will be an ally for for the club um locally anyway uh, within the region yeah so um okay so our next fixture uh, our next actual, actual game of football that we're gonna play is on friday evening quarter to eight um we're at home to Longford um sean i think we're, I guess we're feeling fairly fairly positive uh, ahead of this game um is this is this uh i <laughs> say this is three points. In the showgrounds,
5: you'd be expecting it to be, yeah, yeah. I think we got a wee bit of a shocker from Longford at the very start of the season, and I think we were kind of saying, you know, they're going to cause a few upsets. But I think you can see over the last few fixtures that it's not really happening. They're not up, they're not up to the standard. I don't think they've dropped off a good bit. But um, I think we should be dealing, we should be dealing with them. If we have any intent about ourselves, anyway, we should be winning these type of home games. You know, I think we've seen the issues we had with them in Langford with the smaller pitch and it being tighter and everything else, but that won't be obviously an issue in the showgrounds. I think we'll find a lot more space and we can open them up a wee bit more. And I think we've the we've Arsenal to hurt them.
0: Uh, Jerry, am I right in saying that um, that Buckley served his um, suspension for the walkover against Waterford? Is that the case for Gary Buckley?
6: Yeah. Um as far as I know, it's been announced by the FBI that he, he has served suspension for the Waterford game. Um, and as far as I know, the, the disciplinary committee actually meets on Wednesday night um, to decide about the, the whether it's a walkover or whether it's not or whatever the case may be. So we should hear it Thursday morning. So it will probably coincide with the, the the podcast coming out. But I'd expect good news in that regard. we Pretty, pretty confident about that.
0: Yeah, well, that would be that'll be a serious result um, because um, I guess we don't want to see against any team, whether it's Shamrock Rovers or Longford or whoever it might be. We don't want to see much disruption to certainly to the back two, never mind the back four. I'd imagine at this stage, Jerry.
6: Yeah, it's uh, it's our what we're, we've built our our success so far this season on um, having that solid back four was what Ed in behind. Um, so, if all the places that you'd want and probably a midfield as well, but of all the places you'd like to keep together, would we'll be definitely the back four. Um, tough for the lads behind them, but um, it's hard to change. You know, a, a winning inside and a side that's doing it's doing well. So, hopefully, uh, we we'll start with the same back four as normal. Uh,
0: so, Magoo, do we see now uh, a bit of a, you know, a change in in the league in relation to? Who the, the pace setters are going to be and who the cannon fodder might be is this, is this an important game to kind of separate the chaff from the wheat, as they say?
4: Um, well, I don't, I don't know. I think um, if this will be doing any separating, because I think we'll be up there and Longford will be down there, so it's um, I, th- I think in, in that regard in particular probably won't do much. I think it's a big couple of weeks coming up though, uh, for all that with uh, before the break. You know, we're playing Shams. Chances played Dundalk. I think Pats and balls are playing each other. So you could see maybe if if the top three or four teams at the minute were to win them a couple of games, the gaps would start opening up. But could easily be pulled back into, like, I think draw have a couple of decent games coming up. They would be thinking of decent games. of like Harps and Waterford, I think, and maybe Longford or something in the three before the break. So they'll be looking to get a good seven or nine points out of them, I would imagine. So... They could hang on to the coattails a wee bit. I'd say uh, draw had a good.
0: Yeah. So, what do you expect for this game? Um, are you expecting three points.
4: Um, yeah. Look, obviously, if you're taking if, if taking all things being equal, looking for the start of the season, you would expect us to make them probably handy enough as well. But you know, they've had a couple of teams about four 0 and then two 0 by bows this weekend, would not they? Do? I'd say they'll be looking to just shut up shop up and. So we coming here, sitting in behind the ball and that, and you know, I, I hope there's our lads aren't thinking ahead already to the Shams game, mm. and there's a bit of to be a bit of pressure they're thinking to themselves. Look, if we if we we we'll get to three points from the Waterford game, get three points here tonight against Longford, Shams might drop a point in, might only get a draw on Dundalk. We go up there, if we could beat them, we could we could draw level with them. Like you hope that's already not in their head because if you don't score early, then a bit of panic starts setting in. And the fact that we've we've missed out in a week too, it might take us a bit of a while to get going. And I just hope that to focus fully on the first this game, the next game, and if we mind about the challenge game until after we get to three points. Yeah.
0: So, Sean, do you want to see them moving the ball around the place here against Longford and um, playing the football that we know that uh, the team can play to open them up? I suppose in a, in contrast to what happened in Longford.
5: Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think that will happen. I think even as Magoo was touching on there, it's it's about staying patient now in this game. So if we if we don't score early, it's, you know, they've got to keep their heads and just keep doing what they're doing. And we will find gaps and we will open them up and fully confident to that. But we can't go into this fixture as, again, going back to Magoo, you know, looking ahead to the Shams game. We have to focus on getting the job done against Longford first and foremost, and then move on to that. So I think it's, you know, it's vitally important that we just play our natural game. And I think that'll be enough to see us through.
6: I think patience is the, the key because mm-hmm. if you um if you look at Longford's last three games, fair enough, they were beat 2-0 by Longford there the other day. Um, but the two games before that, uh, they drew one all with Derry. Uh, and Derry only scored in the 91st minute to equalise. And the game before that, they were winning 2-0 Longford. And the dog came back. And she scored the equalizer in the 81st minute. So, like we said at the start of the the season, there Longford start seemed to start quite well, but fade. And those last two results, previous to the Bows game, actually you can see it in the stats that that's what happens. They've lost two. They've lost what four four points in yeah. the last two games in the last ten minutes. So
4: obviously, so obviously tired. Obviously, yeah, running out of steam. Not so patience will be the key. It's and move and moving the ball around quickly. Yeah,
5: and you know, uh, make the ball nice. do the work. Rest, rest yeah. in possession. Just have us rest in possession.
0: Nice Brendan Rogers there. <laughs> <laughs> great, great character, Sean. Great character. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about the lad is yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, um, so uh, we spoke to. Um, we spoke to uh, Liam Regan Guimarez and Dale um, McCarthy from the Friday's I'm In Live podcast. And we spoke to them earlier on in the season when Chadwick um, Grovers visited the showgrounds or ahead of that game. And um, we uh, spoke to them again this evening to get, um, well, just to chop in and to see how they're getting on with their podcast and to get uh, Liam's take on the game on Monday night in tala uh, Rovers v. v Shams or Shams v Rovers as I should say. So uh, here's what the lads had to say. Okay, so uh, we're joined by Dale McCarthy and uh, Liam Regan-Gumarez from the Friday I'm In Live podcast, which has been a huge success. We've had the lads on before. Uh, Liam is a uh, died in the wool Shamrock Rovers fan and uh, Dale uh, is He's trying to find his League of Ireland club and I, I'd imagine you know most of our listeners I think listen fairly regularly so they'll be familiar with the podcast um, but in in 10 seconds they'll Dale um, give us an overview of the the concept behind the podcast.
7: The concept of the podcast is that um, I'm a massive football fan I've moved to Ireland from uh, North London, um, massive Arsenal fan and I'm trying to find a club to love to go and see every week and and to, to be a big
0: fan of yeah so like the podcast i don't know how many episodes have you banged out at the stage uh eight so it's eight.
7: the ninth one we're recording later on tonight
0: and um um so you know from i've listened to a good few of them not all of them now but i've listened to a good few of them and um they it's an overview of what happened in the league, I suppose. And it's pretty extensive because you're covering first division football. I mean, every, every team is on the, is on the table, isn't it? First division, primary division.
7: Every team is on the table for the first time last week, though. We, we've ruled two out. I, All right, I, okay. So um in episode eight, uh I just, I, I, we, we waved bye bye to Cabin Thiele in UCD. Um. I just, I just didn't think that either of them had like a an X factor. I wasn't particularly interested in their results week to week, and I, I really want to be part of a a fan base with songs. And yeah. when I've looked, I've gone, I've gone back and looked at the old footage, and it looks like the COVID footage, stands and stuff. So, <laughs> um, I've I've waved bye bye to them. So it just makes life a little bit easier when you can cut them adrift.
0: So, um, can you give so, me? Sorry, go on, Sean.
5: No, I was going to just say saying you support school kids isn't a good look at the best of times anyway.
0: <laughs> Not for us anyway.
5: Um
7: no we we yeah we 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 a couple of them had to go. I don't think we're going to do that every week where we're going to rule teams out every week but I just it happened kind of mid podcast mid recording where I was like, actually I've had enough uh, of of pretending that um I care about these teams. So yeah. we've moved on.
0: So um well, the other thing, the other question I thought about today is, you know, where's the end point here? Obviously, the end point is a selection of a team, but is it at the end of the season? Um, you know, is there going to be, this, you know, season two, the sequel? You know, how, how is this going to play out?
7: I, I, I've said kind of for a long time now, I don't think I'm going to know which direction to, to go until I've been to games. And actually, one of the things we spoke about, and we are treating it like an experiment, so... You know, like your science teacher used to say, you've got to have a fair test. And um, I want to go to a derby and a regular season kind of match against someone else to get a feel and a flavor for what the clubs like, and, and maybe even home and away. So it, it might it might take some time. Um, I, I think we will definitely be looking to do it next season. Try and try and have that figured out by next season. Right. Okay. But, um, you know, I've got to get into grounds really, hear the song, smell the pyro, taste the hot dogs, that kind of thing. Yeah,
0: well, and you know, we look forward to having you up in Saigo. we, um, yeah, we're, we look forward to uh, giving you a taste of the showgrounds and um, points across the road and stuff like that.
7: Do you know, so my brothers are now watching uh, League of Ireland in, in kind of in, in, in solidarity and support to start with. And uh, one of them saying, that Sligo's the, the one he wants to go to the most. So I might have a few people on tour when we do the Sligo game next season because he's really keen to get up to
0: showgrounds and, and see what the situation is. Or to
5: marry yourself.
0: Liam, you can go home in your bus and whatever you do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> So so Liam in fairness to Liam, like as part of this exercise, you've been you've been very diplomatic and I think you're you're allowing Dale to explore the league as much as you can remotely and through Watch LOI and the various media channels. So um do, do you get any sense, Liam, of which way
1: Dale is swaying? Yeah, I, I like Dale asked fans last our listeners last week to um to guess his top four. So I, I gave it a little guess myself, but Dale told me I was way off. So um only one of the four that I guessed was right. So I have no clue as much as people listening. Are.
0: What? And what was your guess for the top four, for his top four?
1: Um, I guessed Rovers, Pats, Bray and Sligo.
7: Oh, so there we go. Sligo's in play there, guys. So. And,
0: and so then you're confirming you're leaning towards one of us, is that right? Um,
7: yeah, one of the four. Actually, it was two. You've got two right there. Two of the four right. are the ones that I'm kind of leaning towards, but... You know, we're going to explore it in our own, our own kind of podcast this week. There are teams that I'm watching each week and I'll, I'll, I'll get annoyed when they lose or, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them going, I really don't want you to win this week. So, um, but it, it's not changing like the wind, but I've had a few kind of moments watching a team where I've been. Yeah. I haven't, ha- haven't had a jump out of my seat moment yet, but I've definitely had a sink in my chair moment <laughs> when the teams have conceded. So... Um, I, I think I'm, I'm looking for the misery. I was speaking to Dunner about it this morning, um, about just a, a strange fascination with Wexford at the moment. And I, I don't know what <laughs> I'm doing. The weirdest one. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I'm was, Donna was texting me at 5.45am this morning. Um, that's, that's to sure. ask me about the link. That's Re- the it's, <laughs> it's
5: Greg Bulger.
0: <laughs> so... Um, Let's um, let's talk about some of the football that's, um, and that's happened, Liam, from Shamrock Rovers' point of view. Um, I, I kind of checked in. I don't know about the rest of you, lad. Did you see any of the um, the Derry-Sham's game? I was checking in on bits of it. Um, I thought the first half, I probably watched about 15, 20 minutes of the first half, thought it was not great fare. Um, I heard... Um, um, I can't remember the commentator's name, but he was interviewing Bradley after the game and he said the first half was pretty good and the second half was poor. But um, what, what were your thoughts on that performance, uh, Liam?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose that was our worst performance in the past few weeks, I think. Um, and I suppose if you saw anything, you saw the uh, throw-in footage. So
0: so, yeah. so what, are your, what are your thoughts on this, Liam? Come on, let's carry on.
1: Uh, listen, if, if, it, if it happened on your side, you'd take it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's 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 it's. I suppose it it highlights once again the standard of refereeing league. It's poor. We've been saying it. You know, I just I went on during the week and typed in referee and LOI on Twitter, and every single comment going way back to two thousand and eight nearly is uh, people complaining about the standard in the league.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was de- it was desperate. I mean, at one stage it was probably two balls on the pitch, and uh, the camera can't keep up with with the action. I think it was, it was Liam Scales must have taken the throw, and he's also crossed the ball in. It seems, and it all happens in the space of about seven seconds. He's a miracle man who can cover incredible distances. But um, <laughs> but but I suppose from from um, Rovers from Sligo's point of view, Sligo Rovers' point of view, um, when we look at Shamrock Rovers, at the moment we get the feeling that um, they got lucky again against Derry, I suppose, and. Um, the, the squad is looking a bit threadbare. Is, is that the case? Is the injuries piling up? I mean, yeah, there was there's, I, there's names on the bench that I don't think many people outside of Shamrock Groves would would know.
1: Yeah, I was I was I was thinking about it today. You know, coming into two big games this week with, with um, Dundalk and yourselves, and uh, like long term injuries with Kavanaugh and Uh Hor out now, and Watts limped off. Um, McCann hasn't featured in the past two games. Um, you know, and as you said, a lot of the names on the bench are academy products that most people outside of Rovers fans wouldn't have heard of. So it's a massive two games. And Dale asked me today, would I t- take two points um, to keep the unbeaten run going? Um, I'd probably take four points. Um, I don't think Friday would be too much of a challenge, but I think yourselves uh, will give us more of a challenge than the dot.
7: The question I asked Liam was, would you take three points or two points? Would you rather keep the unbeaten run and take two points or beat one of these teams and lose to one of them. And he said, You
1: said two points, didn't you? I did. I did say the two points, yeah.
5: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, I'm just wondering as well. You uh, have a balanced view on, on Shams as well, but what's your opinion on Bradley and his his post match interviews? But just because looking on as an outsider looking in, is, I think his, what he sees and what has actually played out are two completely different things from my point of view. Anyway, it's just wondering what you, as a fan, what you think of it?
1: Yeah. Like, I love Bradley's interviews because it comes across that, you know, regardless of what narrative the the interviewer is trying to create, Bradley just sticks to the fact that, you know, we've played well, we're winning, we're top of the league and so be it. And, you know, whatever the manager says out into the public is what them players are hearing him say. So, you know, I think that's part of his character is to just, let's, let's not focus on any one problem or issue um, in case it creeps into the squad. I think it's all sort of a distraction uh, to keep the squad ticking away. That's fair.
7: I, th- I, think there'd be, I think there'd be more kind of scrutiny of those post-match interviews, but you're winning. <laughs> so, I don't I mean, think it matters. I don't, I don't think it ever matters what a winning manager is saying after a game. Losing managers, people listen to those interviews and think, oh, look, he looks rattled. Why is he saying this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised anyone would be talking about what Bradley's saying because they're, they're winning games. You know, they, they look like they're going to keep winning all season. So just keep at it.
1: And he but, often he often used the phrase, like, if he's asked about an opposition team or an opposition manager, he says, I don't care. And, you know, that's probably why he's won the Fei Cup in the league in the past two seasons.
0: Um, do, do do you think the next two games? Um, or do you think you're you're on a bit of a kind of a crucial part of the season? Um, you know, if things don't go to plan against Dundalk and against um, Sligo Rovers, uh, do you think that it could be a, a significant part of the season for the title race? You know, I suppose when you look at the league as well, the other thing to bear in mind is obviously we're we're on 19 points officially, and we're still due to get our three points from the walkover against Waterford so if you take that into account uh, you know a win against Longford for Rovers on on Friday or is it Saturday on Friday yeah Friday. things things start to get tight again don't they?
1: They do yeah but I think it's again it's a long season and I don't think coming back into the pack at the start of the second phase of games is going to affect our squad too much um, you know they are two big games and if if we get through them with, with, I said, I said two points today. If, if we go through them undefeated, I think we will start to pull away. But I said today last week or the week before. I don't think we're going to win the league, with a, you know, by a massive margin. But I do think we are definitely the team to beat.
0: And what do you expect from a, a? I mean, do do you expect to have in the starting eleven? Will there be a couple of the academy lads to fill in? Like oh, horror was sent off for the Derry game, wasn't
1: he? So he, yeah, and. Um, he dunk- seems to be injured now. Sorry.
0: All right. Okay. So, do, do you do you think we'll see some um, less familiar names in the starting eleven um, over the next two games?
1: Um, no, I, I think the squad's big enough that you you will you will see kind of a, a mixed match of you know Bradley has rotated. he's put Gannon and, and Gannon and Finn. You might see the two of those starting, um, you know, Friday or, or Monday, but. Um, yeah, I, I can see Academy products coming on, but I can't see them starting, to be honest.
0: Uh, Dale, are, are Shams there for the taking on uh, on Monday?
1: You, so
7: regular listeners to our podcast will know that you, you don't want me to tip slider overs here. <laughs> I have a habit of getting my predictions on the thing. I, I, I was back in Longford for Europe two weeks ago. So um, I, I think what you're fans want me to say is that i think shamrock rovers will win on monday and uh, <laughs> hopefully you'll have a chance of getting the result because uh, i cannot call it i keep on getting knocked out of last man standing what, what i what i think is and, and you know i, I listen to, to to liam a lot really he's my point of contact within the league of ireland um, he, he liam thinks that dundalk have grown in confidence and i i think if dundalk give shamrock rovers a, a game on friday with that thin squad and you guys having that two-week break, that bit of rest, it's going to be someone's best chance of, is, of beating them is going to be this weekend, I think, of, of, of any of the games we've seen so far. So um, just see how it plays out. But
0: yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. So um, just before we finish up, what, what is your is – did you say that your brothers are now watching – watch LOI
7: yeah they're watching it they're, so they're, yeah they're both watching uh, League of Ireland on, on Friday and, and Tuesday and Saturdays
0: and whenever well, else the games are yeah. on what's their impression of the standard of football yeah they. I, I think
7: it's, it's kind of a, the same as me I think a lot of people who watch uh, who don't watch League of Ireland and in England are asking me to compare it to a, a different league oh is it like League One or League Two it's, it's different and we we all agree that the teams are trying to play. That they at least try to play football. That we haven't got. I think, in the exception, I think of maybe drugs who are, who can be quite direct at times. The rest of the league are trying to get the ball down to play, and often games are won by the team that's played the best football, not the one who's launched one long and and, and taken the chance. So um, yeah, I think they they they're they're enjoying that aspect of it a lot.
0: Okay, okay, lads. I know we've interrupted you in the middle of um, your own recording of your podcast, so we really appreciate the time that you've given. Thanks a million, um, Liam. Uh, we'll check it again um, later on in the season when we
1: uh, when we I'm cross back on, on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could
1: I could I just say that my prediction the last time was correct? I remember the I'll draw. Um, so I'm going to go for a two-one Rovers win this time, Shamrock Rovers. That is. Oh,
7: two uh, he's already said Rovers, yeah. Well, I think
0: I think Liam. Honestly, we're kind of rubbing our hands together with the the injuries that Shams have, and yeah. um, like I, I don't know. What do you think, Magoo? And what do you think, Sean? we're are, 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 are we're I think we, we 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 kind of expect that we'll probably deal with Longford and that'll set us up nicely for um, taking points off off Shams. I
5: mean... Be- yeah, I wouldn't be overly confident, obviously, going up there because we don't have the greatest record in Tala. No. But um, I'd be a lot more confident than I was in recent seasons. And going by the performance that we had ourselves in the showgrounds against them, I think it gives us a good base to build off because they definitely didn't overwhelm us that day. And we we held the oh, run and we were a better side for most parts of the game. But if they are depleted with injuries, I think that gives us a massive advantage as well. I I... I I do think this is our chance to go up there and win.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Liam, have you had a look at them um, or did you see any of the news about the developments we're planning in the showgrounds over the next six years it's proposed?
1: Yeah, like I woke up this morning to this news and I have to say, like, I'm obviously a, a Shamrock Rovers fan, but this had me buzzing this morning going into work and the ambition that Sligo are shown. And as I've said before, I completely... Um, in know of how embedded in the community the club is and how everyone gets behind it. So I just think it's, it's an excellent um, future for Sligo there and, and the fact that it incorporates the academy. And it just, I think the, the, the plans, the stadium plans look exceptional.
7: Can I, can I jump in and just, just talk about the stadium? Because obviously I'm coming from a situation where, as a fan, I've seen us move out of our spiritual home, like as an Arsenal fan at, at home move out of our spiritual stadium and, and move into a kind of a, a very generic European bowl. And is there a danger that that you're going to do that? Are there going to be enough nods to showgrounds? Is there going to be enough nods to what the fans want in there? I know that, Dunne, you said that, that that's been carefully considered to make sure that there's an atmosphere, but is there? Is the history going
0: to be there? Well, I think the, the most important thing to point out is that th- this is... This is a redevelopment of the showground, so it is yeah. our home we're not moving anywhere um, um but um like i i also think that you know one of the things that stood out to me about the master plan is that as ambitious as it is it's really building on what's already there it's yeah. not going to be um a fundamental change in location people will still drink in the same pubs beforehand uh, or they go to their same, they go to their their same pre-match or post-match routines. They'll see the same people, so I think all of that, that kind of social aspect of it, will stay the same and only be enhanced. I don't know what you think, lads.
4: Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And there'll be there's a museum going into it as well that'll be an odd to all the past glories and past heroes and legends on and off the pitch. That will will be there as well, so
7: it'll be incorporating everything. I think. Is there is there potential for Connacht Rugby to play a few games there or to help pay the Magu, bills? Magoo,
0: you can answer this one. Magoo loves the rugby. I, no,
4: I played the fifth one
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there, there is scope for um, certainly when you know during the winter uh, when the, when the showgrounds isn't being used by um, by Rovers, that there's scope for other sports to be played there. I don't think Connacht Rugby are going to be playing there anytime soon. We did actually ask the chairman in our first. Um, podcast, the very first podcast with Tommy Higgins. We asked him about other sports playing there, and they have made provisions for it within the plan. But I know Connacht Rugby have a, a twenty million grant from the government to develop uh, the, the sports grounds in, in Galway, so they won't right. be they won't be playing their game. They won't be hiring pitches anywhere else anytime soon to um, to spread rugby around the, the province when they've got their own bills to pay close to home. I suppose you know,
5: majority of their fan base is based around there as well.
1: Yeah, okay. you must be buzzing yourself, though, lads. You know seeing this this plan in place and knowing that like as i said it's ambitious but it is a six and a half year plan so there's time to get it done you know yeah right yeah i think i
0: think the thing the other the other thing that i feel um positive about is the people that we have the people around the club that we have mm. um, of influence um who can Obviously, they're going about this in a very professional manner. They've got people on board now who are exploring all potential funding streams and people who make applications to these streams on a professional basis and all that kind of stuff there it's not kind of fly by night josh we'll apply for that grant and we'll apply for this grant it's done in a very methodical manner and we do have people of uh, influence and uh, experience not, not so much influence but of experience around the club whether it's the likes of tommy higgins who's a hugely experienced business person in his own right um, and, and other people in the periphery of the club who you know, I don't want to say are well connected, but they know the crack like and they know um, yeah. what's achievable, how to go about it, and how to get this kind of stuff done. And I think that's that's um that's quite promising as well, you know.
7: In my experience, new ground just means billionaire American islands. So just get <laughs> yeah. yourself ready for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well yeah far I mean,
5: from it and an hour
0: Yeah, I don't think um <laughs> You know, one of the interesting things about the showgrounds is that it can never be sold. Uh, yeah,
7: I know. Yeah, we've, we've we've been kind of covering this with a lot of people, and because we've been looking at fan ownership models and and talking to fans around the league, and obviously, I think you've said it to us before about how the community owns the the pitch, so it can't be can't be taken away from them.
0: Yeah, but there is discussions about naming rights. So you know, we might be calling it the White Hag uh, uh, Showgrounds are. Um,
7: friday i'm in live podcast <laughs> yeah because yeah, i mean
0: you're <laughs> you a couple
5: of quid down the back of that couch or something <laughs> yeah.
0: it could never be as bad as the hunky-dory park see, right? <laughs> yeah okay listen as on, on that note we'll uh we'll wrap it up thanks a for your time We're really and Brilliant. uh um your podcast can be found on all major pod, cl- podcast platforms uh fridays i'm in live and um yeah, so you, there's one, obviously, Obviously, there's one Shavak Grover's fan there, but it is a balanced appraisal of all things LOI across the week, I think it's fair to say. So, uh, Liam, Dale, thanks a million. Best of luck, lads. Speech thanks for so you. Thank you. Bye, like, so love love you lads. Okay, this is uh, the Better Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you by the White Hag. Yeah. Thanks a million to um, the two boys for for um, taking the time out to record their own podcast. This evening, we're recording uh, a day early uh, on Tuesday evening and um, we appreciate the time, and check out the podcast if you get a chance, it's very good. So earlier on, we said we are going to give away three cases of uh, White Hag to three lucky listeners, and um, we have done a a little bit of a exercise on all those uh, retweets we got last week for the podcast, and our first winner is uh, uh, Christopher Davey, and our second uh, winner is Richard C1, and I'll have to um, it looks like he's a recent uh, a recent convert to Sligo uh, according to his Twitter bio, so um, we'll have to be in touch with him. And the final third w- uh, winner is um, is Richard Hardy So um, 33 the winners will be in touch with G uh, via Twitter to confirm uh, contact details and we'll get the cases of beer IT as soon as possible. So, um, before we wrap things up lads, we'll get some final thoughts ahead of the game on, um, on Monday. Uh, I thought um I thought Liam was a bit bullish there now, Jerry, um considering the situation that Shams find themselves in. Yeah, they're still top, undefeated. I thought they were very lucky against Derry. But uh, I would say they're down to the bare bones at this stage.
6: Yeah, um they seem to have a few injuries alright. and Sean Hoare been sent off. I think was in it was late in the game, the third minute. So he's gonna be I presume he'll miss the game. He'd probably be back for our game, actually. I think
0: he would be back for our game, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah. He'd probably miss... Um, Liam, Liam, he Liam says he's
6: injured. Oh, that's oh, right. OK.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. He did. Well, he, look, he, we've heard that
6: before, too. Yeah, true.
0: He did hobble off. He hobbled off and he got a second yellow card against 30. Um, But we'll see, yeah. Yeah,
6: yeah. so automatically he'll, he'll miss the next game and then he could serve more than after that. But, um, yeah, look, um, one thing about League of Ireland is... Uh, I never never really paid too much attention as to who's doubtful or who's not going to make it because the team chiefs normally defies that anyways. But um, yeah, look the game against Derry, um, it was uh, it was the word they were lucky to get. A, obviously, they were lucky to get the goal. Um, uh, you could call it something else uh, from the the referee's point of view. Um, I don't know how the hell. The, the goal was an outstand from where your man took the throw it was just it was absolute disgrace to be honest with you. Um and only Shams I think will get away with something like that.
5: I think if that happened to us, we'll ha- what's happened already this season. I think that'll be the tipping point. I think it just has to throw it pack it all in, wouldn't you? Yeah. And that's a yellow
4: card for, for most clubs. What's that Magoo? I thought Sean was saying if that happened to us, I was going to say that never happened for us. But I know I know what he was meaning now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a, you know,
4: it wouldn't happen for anybody on the champs. It, it,
0: it's it's hard to really uh, get your head around it. Like the referee was in such a good position just in, for that throwing. He was in a perfect position. Um, there was.
4: I'll tell you what, what happened. The referee. Well, he was looking at where the throw should have been taken because that's where the ball went out. And next thing, he caught this being thrown. Scales went in. Got, like it was in a different post He wasn't even fucking playing <laughs> around. he was. And but I see the referee looked at it after scales threw it. Gaffney was trailing on behind the defence. He was trailing mm-hmm. the balls, And the referee looked, and as Jerry said, only Sean's going to win with it. He looked and said, Shit, if I bring this back now, there's going to be murder and Brady's going to go mad and all this. And he let it go. Any other team that was blown back, 100% yeah. that was taken back yeah. in the other team. And as yeah. Jerry said, yellow card for the boys who took the throw and ran in. 100%. Yeah.
0: You know, I think, the, I think the camera angle was interesting because it follows the, the ball that, was, that they were bloody using, you know. And it comes back onto the pitch and and then all of a sudden, you know, the game is going on 35. Yeah, the
6: original ball makes its way back onto the pitch. Like that. but
0: that's what I'm saying. There's two, at some yeah. stage, there has to be, we can't see for sure, but there's more than likely two balls on the pitch and the referee has to be able to see both of them at the same but time. But
5: it's actually, it's something that Scales has used, taken in, he's used to his advantage is the, the balls laying at the side because of COVID with no ball boys. So they're, they're there to be used, I suppose. And he's just taking advantage of them being down that wee bit that further. Is. But it shouldn't be. It's, it's, it's basically, you wouldn't get away with it on a Sunday morning. No, like no. it's not. You get a young You can't
4: play in the
0: Sham Fracking the bollocks, yeah.
3: Yeah.
5: No, it's not It's not even Sham's fault. Like, they're right. You take it. And they, even as Liam says straight away, to us when he came on. You would have taken it yourselves if you got away with it. 100% you would. Yeah. You'd be laughing at it. Yeah. But like, but
6: nobody is like even seen on Facebook and things like that. Like, nobody's actually blaming Sham McGrovers. No, we're blaming the referee. Yeah, like, we're saying at the same time too that only Shamrock will get away with it because, you know, you're like, God, God, like, God forbid you you go against them, but
5: I'm not blaming them. No, but you're right in what you're saying, hundred percent.
0: Um. So, um, is there any any um, particular um do we want to see? Uh, the likes of Walter Figuera um, do we, we want to see the, t- the top four in their not know their traditional setup, but in what we've come to expect with maybe Romeo on the 9 Figuera wide on the left um, Gibson on the right and Kenny in a 10 what, what do you want to see up top here against um, against James?
5: Um no I'll keep Gibson in the 10 and I'd probably go back to I'd play Kenny up top maybe I'd try him this time um, give him another go at it I know it didn't work too well at home but that was also down to our own supply line to him um, it's, it's hard to know to be honest with you you know Romero's la- Rome
0: going to start that game
5: oh, he's definitely going to start against Shams yeah so
0: you you put him out on the left are you? no uh,
5: yes Jesus I don't know actually I don't know because you can't drop Walter
0: but can you see has
4: been what have Shams been playing? is it a tree at the back? Or yeah, uh, yeah. So it will be spit the space will be out behind the wing backs. Yeah. Yeah. So like you might see Gibson go back onto the right. Or Gibson is our most dangerous player. Like, I mean, the one thing about Shams is we know they're gonna have more of the ball. Like it's they're gonna have a lot more of the ball than us. I, I don't when know. We get it. We need to we need to get it to our most dangerous players.
5: It's where we lack this in the home game is that link in between Johnny and the midfield. And I think with Gibson being in the 10, he gives us that. And I think that's yeah, where we can well, hurt I, I them. 100% I
4: agree with you. I keep him in the team. I'm saying you couldn't see
0: him, but I see the, yeah. they exploit the, the spaces in behind. I think Gibson had one of his, against the back three, um, the first game of the season against Dundalk. he had the most space to, to operate in. Um, now, he, I'm sure he, he won't get um he won't be given the same amount of room as as he was uh, against Dundalk as 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 in Tala, but yeah. out, out wide that's where he was most effective um i I'd imagine Gibson would start wide I think um I think Romeo will play an essential role I'd say Figueroa on the left I, yeah I, I don't know what what happens to Kenny then in that situation I suppose uh, yeah in that situation Romeo's probably number nine and Kenny's in the 10 position I'm oh, sorry the other way around um yeah. Uh, Romeo's in the, in the in the ten and Kenny up top, which is I suppose what we've been seeing for most of the. Most I think
6: the only decision that has to be made is that um, where Kenny and Romeo play. I think Gibson's you, you can't take him out of the the number ten position after uh, his his performance there the last day against Dundalk. I just think you can't. Yeah.
3: Uh, about- Walter
6: Walter's going to play on the left, and it's just whether he goes with the starting the starting formation from the last game. Or he's going to swap Kenny and maybe Romeo.
0: And what about the fullback
6: story? Uh, our fullbacks or Shams? Our fullbacks. Um, I think he'll go with. Uh, for me, I'd probably start Banks and uh, McCourt. Um, just because. Uh, you could make a, you could make a, a, um, an argument for um, either uh, Banks or uh, Horgan. Like Horgan gives you more solidity. Um in my the reason I play Banks is because I just think that we can get a chance because they have a few players out. And there's no better time to beat them than we'll never get a better opportunity this season to beat them in Tala as we have the one coming up. And I would just oh look, I'd be I'd be safe and careful, but at the same time if there's a chance there to go for them, I think Banksy gives you that drive going forward.
5: I think Jerry, especially when they're playing a the back three with the space yeah. we're talking about in behind with Banks overlapping as well he's he's more inclined to, to, to go on the overlap system. so it does give you that added advantage going forward alright
4: and plus if they are if they are carrying if they are carrying injuries um, and they've had to play up on that car park on Friday night um, <laughs> yeah. before the playoffs like I'd be t- just tear into them from the start is like we've had a week off like we shouldn't be needing to Rest of the rotate players now. I'd be put the same. I mean, more or less the same. Friday, Monday, but out they should be well able first. And yeah, into them on the on Monday night. Fuck them. Yeah. Look, we've all we've all seen the season where teams have uh, tried
6: to rotate and it's backfired on them, uh, particularly Bose, uh yeah. in, the, in the game against ourselves and, and Shams. So we're in the exact same situation that that uh, Long was in, uh, where you know uh, we were playing Longford and do we take it easy? and rotate the squad and then aim for Shams but look you've seen what happened then they ended up losing both games and they're playing catch up Yeah. now I know they've, they've I kind think... of turned the corner now but they're still 10 points behind us I think
4: I said I said a couple of weeks ago I think we were uh, the fixtures fell unkind for us the, the time we had to play Pats who were was we away was it, it Bozo no Trada Trada yeah yeah, yeah, draw had a thing that, that a fellow kind of would be better the other way around pass first. I think they kind of fallen maybe a bit, hopefully more favorably for us this time. Yeah. Longford at home after the week off and then away to Shams while they have to go to Dundalk on the Friday night.
5: Yeah. Just one as well for um, you know, for the Longford game, especially, is is Bulger sitting on four yellows? If he gets booked again, are we in a case where he misses?
6: I think he's I think he's on five um since the last game, but as I said to you, the disciplinary Committee right. meet tomorrow night. It could be oh, no, it, it, so they'd be out on Thursday. So if it's announced on Thursday, do you miss the next one or is it the following week? I, I don't I think like it'll be. It's 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 how the week starts, and yeah, like, it could be out for the champs game
4: because it starts yeah. on the Monday. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Does it start on the
6: Monday or does it
4: start on the Wednesday? I think, I think it starts does on the it? Monday. Does it? I think it's
6: announced on the Thursday and it's i I'm Not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Something we, we need to check out. But he's definitely, he's definitely due to suspension beyond all know that.
4: If it was the case that he was only on four, I would be resting him for the long four game.
5: Yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah,
6: yeah, because of who he's playing or who we're playing. But. Yeah,
5: Because yeah. he's but guaranteed the, to get booked as well in the champs game.
6: Yeah, yeah, true. But look, in fairness, we have already made replacements. probably the one area where we definitely have, well, not one area, but like Cody will come in there and he will do a good job. Oh, but absolutely. I know what you're yeah. saying
0: because it's Bulger against Shams. You'd want him to play that game. Yeah. Um, I think he's only on four yellows so far. Okay. Um, against Longford, against Shams, against Bowles and hats yeah Okay. That's four. So he'll be having
4: to feed up. He'll be having to up on Friday nights. All. So yeah.
0: So he won't be playing against Longford, Burton lately. Is that where?
5: Well that's
4: what I go for.
5: But then, anyway. but
0: then Jerry, does it does it depend on when the, the disciplinary committee meet, then if he does get booked against Lawford,
5: Yeah, I
6: think he'd be all right for Shams then. Because yeah. I think it it'll be the following week. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen that instant.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: I be. think he'd be okay. So I'd say we will see him play. And even if it does, I still think Buckley will play him. I think he takes each game as it comes. I don't think he's a man into planning too far ahead.
0: Yeah.
6: Um, and that's, that's the way the I do. Yeah. play What's in front of
0: you? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, in hindsight, I think the the walkover uh, against Waterford, although you know it's not great for the league, I think that probably served service. Well, we'll know Tuesday or Monday evening <laughs> Tuesday we'll, we'll tell you if it serves us or not. But I, you know, all the uproar about oh, you know, I think it's, it's probably it could it could do us a favor really, just an extra bit of time off. I think the Longford game is probably if you want to play somebody ahead of Shamrock Rovers. You probably want to play one of the lesser teams a couple of days ahead mm-hmm. of Sharmar Rovers. I think maybe this, from a timing point of view, might just work in our favour.
5: I, I
4: think
6: that's what good was saying, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
4: um, Favourity for, for for a change.
0: Yeah, yeah.
6: Well, we'll, we'll soon find out. Um, yeah,
4: like to blue.
7: Yeah, I think, like
4: I think Connor was right. We, we couldn't. You could. Be, you couldn't really pick a more favourable tie at home. Yeah at home as well yeah. the, water, the water for the under-19s yeah.
0: yeah yeah okay listen um, aftermath match reception on Friday evening 100%. yeah we're back we're back okay uh, and one again then on Monday probably yeah <laughs> oh most
4: <No>. definitely yeah <laughs> Connor. Connor there's always a stage of the season a team has a journey in a season <laughs>
0: <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right. Okay. On that note, a positive note uh, from Magoo. Uh, um, we'll wrap things up. Uh, as I said, thanks a million to everybody who's, who's been listening and thanks for the support. And um, here's to the turning point, Magoo. There's it.
4: Statement coming, boys. Statement yeah.
0: coming. All right. <laughs> thanks, Magoo. Cheers, Connor. Cheers, Jerry. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Sean. cheers Connor. Here's the six points.